because of his love for Mrs. Sinner. He was willing to take her place under the law. He would have to die in her place. So what he did is he was willing to go to the cross and die for the sins of the whole world. Because, you see, they have no hope, no choice. There's nothing they have to do to tell this girl, you have to turn from your sins in order to be saved, is an impossibility. Can't be done. She can't change herself. She can't change her nature. It's the way she was born. And to try to tell this girl, what you need to do is commit your life to Mr. Love over here and promise that you'll love and obey and all that. She can't commit herself to another man because she's still married to this man. Can't you understand that? Isn't that clear? That's why preachers who try to tell a lost man to turn from your sin to be saved, it's impossible. It's a shame and a disgrace. Or to tell people they have to commit their life to Christ, she doesn't have a life to commit to Christ. She's under the sentence of death. She's going to die. So what Mr. Love does, he goes to the cross and pays for her sin. And if she, according to the law, if she will accept that payment that he made for her, that death payment is put to her account. And whenever that payment is put to her account, Mr. Law can no longer touch her. Why? Because she paid her debt in full. Mr. Law can't condemn a dead person. That's why in Galatians in chapter 2, we are dead to the law. So when I accept that payment Christ made for me, I am now free from these three things. I am free from Mr. Law. The law can never touch me again, never condemn me again. I am not under the condemnation of the law. And I am free from my old sinful nature through death. And I don't have to ever fear death again. So I'm free from the law, sin, and death. And as you read the sixth chapter of the book of Romans, you will see what it's talking about. But try to keep this here in your mind. Now, even though he paid for the sins of the whole world, that payment is not put to their account until they individually, personally, believe he did it for them. So when you believe that he did it for you, that death payment he made is put to your account. And as far as the law is concerned, you died and paid for all of your sins. That's why Paul says in Galatians chapter 2, he says, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me, and the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. So let's just pretend now. Here sits Mrs. Sinner.
She understands that Mr. Love over here died and paid her penalty in full. That there's nothing that she has to do. Nothing she has to promise. She don't owe him anything. She don't have to make a commitment to him on anything. Because, you see, she's still married. She is married until she's dead. So that day, that moment that you and I trusted Jesus Christ as our Savior, his death was put to my death. So when I died, Mr. Law can't never touch me again. And when I was buried and came back again from the dead, I was born again. I got my new life when I came back from the dead. Well, when did all that happen? You see, when Christ did that for you, and when you believed it, His death was put to your account. That's when you died. That day you believed it. You were buried with Christ. You were raised with Christ. And when you came back again from the dead, remember Christ was alive, He was buried, and came back from the dead. He arose again. It doesn't mean He did it twice. It was He was alive, He died, and lives again. I was alive. I died. And now I'm alive again. But my new birth that I got when I came back from the dead, I came without my sinful nature. God gave me my new birth. Now I'm born of God. So let's just look here now. We have Mrs. Sinner. She understands and believes that what he did was for her. She says, I will accept that pardon. I will accept that payment as my payment. When she believes it, she is free from the law. Her debt is paid. Now, he's done it for everybody in the world, but the payment's not put to everybody's account until they believe that he did it for them. Isn't that on a level that anybody can have? Would you, just, would you believe that he did it for you? It's a gift. It's free. You don't earn it. You don't commit. You don't stop. You don't promise. You don't pledge. You don't do anything except receive the free gift of eternal life. So now Mrs. Sinner is now Mrs. Saint. Not she looks the same. But see, she's gone from all these different things. Now she is Mrs. Saint. Not Bernard. Saint. So now because she is a saint of God. You see, she did not have to promise or pledge or stop or do anything like that. You see, she had to have a new birth. Now that she, as a child of God, has been given a new birth, spiritual birth, born of God. See, you and I know, I really didn't die. I really wasn't buried. I really didn't come back from the dead. But I am to reckon this so. Look there in your Bible to the book of Romans in chapter 6. You'll notice that in verse 8. Now, if we be dead with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him. Knowing, in verse 9, that Christ being raised from the dead, dieth no more. Death hath no more dominion over Him. For in that he dieth, he died unto sin once. But in that he liveth, he liveth unto God. Verse 11. Likewise reckon ye 
also yourselves to be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God. You are supposed to live like it really happened to you. But it's a spiritual birth. It didn't really literally happen to you in the flesh. So when you trusted Christ as your Savior, this is what happened to you. The death, burial, and resurrection of Christ was put to your account. Not just his death. You see, you were crucified with Christ. You were raised with Christ. You ascended with Christ and are seated in the heavenlies in Christ. Now as a child of God, she finds herself in a new situation. Here's the guy that gave his life so that she could be free from the law of sin and death. She's at liberty to do whatever she wants to do. She's not bound by the law of Moses or the law of Christ. She's free. You mean she can trust Christ as Savior and have eternal life and live any way she wants? Yes, she certainly can. Well, that don't sound right. It may not sound right, but that's the way it is. So what are we going to do? Well, Mr. Love makes a plea to her. He says this, you know, you're, you're free from Mr. Law because you died. He says, if you will present your body as a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable under Mr. Love. He says, and you can know the perfect will of God by the renewing of your mind. And I will bless you. And you'll be happy and peace and joy. All the things you want in life. And she says, I do, I do, I do. Now, not many women get married twice in one morning service. So now she is free to commit her life to Christ. You see, she couldn't do it till she was free from him. So that's why committing your life to Christ cannot be done until after you're saved. Because, you see, you have to die in order to be free. Now that she is free from Mr. Law over here, she's free to commit herself to another man. Now, he says, this is what I want you to do. I, I want you to cut the grass, and I want you to wash the dishes, clean the house. He gave her all kinds of things to do. She thought, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. I've heard this before. I've heard this before. And her heart just drops. You mean I've still got to do all of those things? He said, no, no, wait a minute, not too fast. He says, I am going to give to you the Holy Spirit. He's just like me. He's perfect. He's God. He's good. And I'm going to have him live inside of you. And he is going to help you do everything that I want you to do with your life. Oh. So all you have to do is just let him lead you, let him guide you, and he will direct you. Do you understand? Yeah. And when you fail, 
When you don't live up to everything that I want you to do, I, I want you to come to me. Because, you see, I will forgive you. I have mercy. I have grace. I have forgiveness. Everything that you want, everything that you need, I can take care of that for you. And I also promise you this. I will never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. So, you see, in your new birth... You are as perfect and as righteous as Christ. But in our lives that we live here on the earth, I still have this old sinful body, and I still have no sinful nature, and I still fail, just like everybody does. But I know when I fail the Lord, I know that my wonderful, loving, heavenly Father will never cast me out and never lose me. The other thing to keep in mind is this. He can't ever unborn her. He can't never cast her away. He can't never lose her. Why? Because, you see, in Christ, she is perfect. You see, all of her sins, they've all been paid. There is no sin to condemn her. She is free from the law. The law cannot Bring up all that dirt anymore. She's free. Free. Give them a big hand. I want to share. Y'all can sit down now. Now take your Bible and turn to the book of Romans in chapter 7. Romans chapter 7. And notice what he says here. This illustration is right here. In the book of Romans. You see in verse 2. For the woman which hath a husband is bound by the law to her husband as long as he liveth. But if the husband is dead, she is loose from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband liveth, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband is dead, she is free from that law so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. See, that illustration is right here in the Word of God. It's just that I just used the woman. And so when she dies, she's now free from the law. And by Christ giving her life, she is now free to commit herself to the Lord. You see, I did not have to commit my life to the Lord in order to be saved. Because then that means that you're committing yourself to have to live a certain way in order to be a Christian. And then if you don't live up to this wonderful life because you don't have the power to do it, you're going to fail and you're going to be very frustrated. And there is no salvation to anyone who believes that they're saved because they stopped certain sins or because they started living a certain way. How you live your life has nothing to do with being justified by faith. I'm a sinner. I ought to go to hell. But the Lord loved me. He sent his son, Mr. Love, into the world and down the cross, paid for my sins, and said if I believed he did it for me, he would put that payment he made to my account, and I get to go to heaven on what he did. Who gets the credit for my salvation? 
the Lord. I do not and cannot claim my salvation on any merits that I've ever done or ever will do. Look what else he says. In verse 4, Wherefore, my brethren, ye also are become dead to Mr. Law by the body of Mr. Love, that ye should be married to another, even to him, to him who is raised from the dead, that we should bring forth fruit unto God. So you now see, just like when a man and a woman get married and they have children, that's the fruit of their marriage. When you and I trusted Christ as our Savior, we are in, we're married to Christ. Someday the wedding is going to take place. Right now I'm just the bride. But the Bible talks about us having the fruits of righteousness. We can produce the fruit of righteousness that we could not do under the law. See, the law was given to control the restraints of a man's old sinful nature of his flesh birth. A perfect man doesn't need law. The reason we have so many more laws being passed in our country is because we're sinful and increasing in wickedness. And so they pass more laws to control or to restrain us. And that's how we lose our liberty. Every time Congress meets, you're losing liberty. I think they need to take a vacation for about a hundred years. But now, here in Romans in chapter 7, I want you to see this. He says in verse 6, but now we are delivered from the law, that being dead wherein we were held, that we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. In other words, I'm not under the law. I'm not under the Ten Commandments. But you see, the righteousness of the law, there was nothing wrong with it. The problem with the law was me. I couldn't fulfill it. So God says that, the righteousness of the law will be fulfilled in us, but not by us, but because of Him. So in the book of Romans in chapter 8, you have about the Holy Spirit that lives within you to help you live the life that you're supposed to live. See, the Christian life is not something you manufacture. The Christian life is a spiritual life. It's lived by Him through you. All you have to do in Romans chapter 6 is yield to him. Yield. Will you yield your will to the Lord and do whatever God wants you to do? Remember this. One of the reasons that I want to serve the Lord is not because of what I want from God. I know he's going to bless my life. I know that he's going to reward me when I get to heaven. But I serve the Lord, not because of what he's going to do, but because of what he hath done. He died for me, gave me eternal life. And in the book of 2 Corinthians in chapter 5 and verse 14, where it makes the statement that we are constrained and motivated to serve the Lord because of what he's done, his love for us, because of all the wonderful things God's done for us. Because we thus judge. 
That if one died for all, then all were dead. That they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him who died for them. The love of Christ, the love of Christ constrains and motivates us. Because of what he did for me, that's why I want to serve the Lord. I don't serve the Lord because I have to. Because I'm under some law that says I have to. But did you know the law of Christ is the law of love? And love will cause you to do things the law couldn't make you do. It was just a standard of perfection and righteousness. This deals with a heart and the motive of why a man does what he does. I can't make anyone love God. But I know this. Love is a very powerful motivating force. When Jesus Christ was here in the book of John 14, 31, he made the statement that the world may know that I love my Father, even so I do. In other words, I do what I do because I love my Father. I want the world to know, even all Christians to know, I do what I do because I love my Father, because of what He's done on the cross for me. He has set me free. I am no longer under the law. I don't have to fear death. In my old sinful nature, I have within me the indwelling Holy Spirit to help me to live the way that God wants me to live. And one day, when I literally lose this old body, I'll lose that old sinful nature, and I'll be free from it for all eternity. But it is as good as done, because I've got the Word of God on that. Now, in chapter 7, I want you to see something very quickly before we close. Look there in verse 15. Because as a child of God, you are going to struggle in your Christian life. In verse 15, for that which I do, I allow not. But what I would, that do I not. But what I hate, that do I. If then I do that which I would not, I consent unto the law that it is good. Now then it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. For I know that in me that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing, for the will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good, I find not. For the good that I would, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. Now if I do that which I would not, it is no more I that do it, but sin that dwelleth in me. Isn't that clear? Is that clear that is? It means that now that you can serve the Lord, you still have that old sinful body with that old sinful nature within you, and you're going to have a clash because you're going to want to serve the Lord, and then sometimes you want to put yourself back into the flesh and live like a lost man and fall in love with the things of the world and the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh and the pride of life, and that's what you want because, you see, you're still dragging this old dead man around with you. One day, it'll all be over. But until then, I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For the will is present with me. How to perform that which is good, I find. How do I perform? How do I live the way God wants me to live? And that's why he says in chapter 8, by the Holy Spirit. See, God did not leave you alone. He didn't just save you and forsake you. He said, I'll never leave you, and I'll never forsake you. And so you and I have the power that raised up Jesus from the dead, living inside of our mortal bodies. 
We are the children of God. Best news in all the world. Look up there. This hand represents you and me. The wall represents sin. We all have sin upon us. God loves us. He hates our sin, but He loves us. You see, we all thought we was all right, that we were good enough, until the law says that thou shalt not, and we did. And we broken God's law. Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, body, soul, and strength. Well, we blew that, didn't we? Thou shalt not covet. Well, we messed up there. Thou shalt not lie. Well, I never did that. That was a lie. God said, let God be true and every man a liar. We've all sinned against God. And God says, the wages of sin is death. So that's why we all have to die. We're all condemned because we're all under the law. And God says, no man can save himself. You cannot deliver yourself. There's nothing you can do. How you live will never change this fact. Going to church ain't going to help you. Giving money, not going to help you one iota. Changing your life in every way is not going to help you. You're going to die and spend an eternity in hell. Unless you do the only one thing you can do. This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord. God in the flesh. He came into the world because he loves us. Hates our sin. Because our sin separates us from God. You see, Jesus Christ, yeah, he's perfect. Because he's perfect, he didn't sin. Uh, because he didn't sin, he didn't have to die. Oh, we do. So he was made under the law, made of a woman, and took all the sins upon himself and paid for all the sins so that anybody, if they would just believe he did it for them, he would put that payment that he made to their account, and they'd get to go to heaven on what Jesus Christ did for them. I have trusted Christ as my Savior. I believe he did this for me. Do you believe he did it for you. If you will, God will save you. You'll become his child, and you'll get to go to heaven whenever you die. See, the Bible says we're not under the law. Now, he says, you're under grace. Grace means that you're under Christ. Christ is grace. And because you're under grace means that you got here, not because of any work that you did but because of what he did for you. So since your works didn't put you there, your bad deeds can't take you out from under grace. Oh, I love it. Let's pray, shall we? Our Father, we thank you so much for all you've done for us. We thank you for the privilege of preaching your word. And Father, we know that I have to give account someday for the things that I've said. And I pray, Lord, that there's wisdom in this message and people to hear it and understand it and realize the importance of what Christ did for us and to serve him, not because we have to, but because we want to. Bless each one in Christ's name we pray. Amen.